Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to the Nashville Restaurant Radio Roundup, presented by Springer Mountain Farms. My name is Brandon Still, and I am joined, as always, with Delia Joe Ramsey. Hi, Delia. And today we have a special co-host joining us from Nikki's Coal Fired. We have Caroline Galzen. Hi. Welcome, Caroline. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be back. I told you earlier, I've only put on lipstick twice in the last four months and both times we're to be on this podcast. So here we go. <laughs> I feel absolutely honored by that. So... <laughs> we're trying to identify just kind of like this show where, where we want to talk about the the newest restaurants we want to talk about the best places to go the best events that are happening around town where you should be hanging out and it's just it's just not happening out there so we're gonna we have some news we're gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about some um newsworthy topical items we have a bona fide local legend on the show today, Mr. Randy Rayburn is going to join us a little bit later and talk about his restaurants and how they're doing and what he's doing and um, a lot of fun things going on today. We're going to get serious too. We've got an amazing What's the Delia later that Caroline's going to jump in and help out with. But let's get started off and find out um, let's find out how our weeks were. Delia, how, how was your week this week? Well, I just want to start off and say I'm so glad Caroline's joining us today because you and I can only jump around talking about masks and shutdowns so many weeks before we like need we need some new color on the show. So I'm glad to have Caroline here first. Oh, off. thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be with two of truly my favorite people. Oh. Um, and it's good to see humans. I haven't really seen any humans since Sunday. So I'm <laughs> like we're here and we're having coffee. And yeah. you're on the screen, but I have uh, been sort Literally. of secluding myself since Sunday, and I'm really sure why. I think I just I went out and checked up a couple of rooftops on a Friday night, and that was the first night of the um, 10 p.m. curfew for places serving alcohol. So I kind of like hit it a little hard, like it was the last supper that night. And then I was like, I need to calm down. I need to eat healthy because I'm going to a beach next week again. And I was like, I need to stop and work out. And I'm, I've cooked a bunch of healthy dinners. And um, that's kind of where'd you go? Point. What was the rooftop bar you went to? Where'd you go? I went Friday. I started out at White Limousine at the Graduate. I'm just obsessed with it. Oh, tell us, tell us, how did it go? Like, how'd you even get in there? Um, I might have asked for some help with a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you pull the Nashville Restaurant Radio card? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, I said, I don't want anything comp. I just want a table because I really want to come. I, I want to go to a staycation for my birthday in a couple weeks. And I was like, but I want to see it in person to make sure like this is the vibe I want. So I said, if you could just get me a table for three people, I want to come. And I love pink and I love Dolly Parton. And I played um, Dolly's role in Still Magnolia's in high school. So I have all of these connections to like the whole place. I feel like this place was made for you, truly. I know. I was like, please let me go. So I st we started there. Um, I went with two of my um, girlfriends who were also divorced last year. So we kind of just went and ordered some food on the patio. It's beautiful. It's it's actually a Barbie dream house. You know, the, the pink one in the 80s that I remember walking down the stairs and my mom had built it on Christmas morning. It's like that and you're sitting on it and there's a little pool 
and it's super cute. So and now it's Delia's dream house. <laughs> now it's Delia's dream house, exactly. And so then we went from there to the Virgin Hotel rooftop um, and just had a drink, had well, tequila shots there because apparently that's what we do when things are closing out at 10 p.m. and you're with your two friends and had the moments. So Both how does it work? Cool. How does it work on a on a rooftop? You and two of your other friends, three girls on a rooftop in the middle of a pandemic. Do guys like, do guys come over and hit on you? Or do like, how does that, how does it, I don't, I don't know. I've been single for a really long time and I don't go to cool bars. How does that work for you? Well, the good news is uh, the pandemic pandemic might be the best thing that's ever happened to single women because <laughs> there's they're not allowed to roam around and chat with you. Like they can't. So you're at your table and they can't be standing and talking to you. You're wearing your mask when you go to the bathroom. So they can't really see your face. You can, you can always mm. use the excuse to be a bitch and be like, I'm social distancing, get away from me. And it's actually the That's best amazing. time to be single. So actually, that is a great question. I'm so curious because I never really thought about this. I know people who have done like um, on like Tinder or Bumble have done like Zoom dates. But so if you're at a bar, do groups of guys try to come up to you or are they not allowed to like stand up? And I say this as someone who I actually, true confession, have not been out anywhere other than work and home. Um, I mean, one night we were... I was out with a girlfriend and we were sitting, you know how they can sit up a table at a bar and that's kind of a loophole for sitting at a bar. Uh-huh. We got a table pulled up to a bar with my girlfriend and he's, I guess, tourists came up and we're trying to talk to us and the bouncer came or bouncer security or someone came and was like, you can't talk to them. You have to be seated at a table. And so they tried to bring over chairs and they're like, you can't have people from another household sitting with you. And we we're like, perfect. Whoa. We <laughs> had to go away. Yeah. A dream. I know, a dream. <laughs> That's incredible. So that was my week. And then I've just been calming down. Caroline, how, about, how was your week? Um, you know what? I'm actually having a great week. I'm, I'm feeling really great and energized, which I feel like ever since COVID started, sometimes I feel this like happiness guilt almost. Is that weird to say? It's like when I'm feeling really happy and really positive, I'm like, oh, should I feel guilty for feeling that way? But I'm just going to roll with it. Um, just really been very focused on work this week, and I am actually doing something tonight for the very first time, which is I am going to a restaurant for the first time since since March, what? Since, since we closed. So I'm very nervous, but I am going to a place that I really trust and I'm just going to rip the band-aid off and I don't think I'm going to do it all the time but I've just got to get out I'm going crazy totally understand that um so will you tell us where you're going and what you're going to eat um well I'm going to set sun which Ooh. is the place that I have been dreaming of going to eat this whole time um and I'm going to eat everything I just I really am planning on even though it's just me and Tony going, I'm going to do my best to eat everything. Right. Well, they brought back that little bit of everything menu for two, and they just truly bring <gasps> an example of everything. They did? I think they brought it back, because I went on opening night, and it wasn't there, and I like was like, please bring that back, because it's amazing. So I think it's oh. back. Okay, well, if that's what they have, then that's what I'm getting. Yay. All right. So. You, this this yeah. is the first time, March 13th, we go into this Wait. thing. You guys have not been out to 
anywhere to eat in that this no, whole time? Not one time you've gone out? Not once. I've been to my restaurant. I've been to my house. And I've been to the grocery store a couple of times. So I've been crazy, crazy cautious. But now I feel like I've built it up to this thing where I'm like, I've built it up to too much of an event. So we're just going to dive in and we're going to do it. Are you, are you like nervous? Like, what are you anticipating? I am nervous. Honestly, I'm nervous. I keep asking myself, but because here's the thing, I don't have to go to dinner. I I don't have to go. I could just as easily stay home and eat all of the food in my fridge or order pizza or whatever. I, I don't have to go out. I'm choosing to go out. You know, it's a, it's a risk I don't have to take, but I'm taking it and I'm not really a big risk taker. So Hmm. Yeah. So. You know, I you're just so you're so cautious. Yeah. It, just, you know, yeah. it comes to mind. It's like that couple, you know, who like does everything right, and they date, and they hold hands after the third date, and then they like they wait until marriage to like to to do the whole thing, and then they get pregnant like the first time. I have like this weird feeling like you guys are gonna like touch the wrong thing tonight. Oh my God! No. Oh my god, no, you're gonna make me cancel my reservation. Okay, oh my gosh. No, no, don't. I'm just messing with you. Oh my god. No, but that is gonna be my luck. So great. You know what? I'll <laughs> text you guys in the morning and when I'm on my way to get my COVID test because no. I've also taken three COVID tests for no reason. So now I'm sure so to get it. What time is your reservation? What time should I have my wife be ready? I'll show up. But I'm, this is my wife, Caroline. I'm Tony. We'll just go for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my master plan is about to work. Seriously. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that would be my dumb luck because I have been crazy, crazy careful this whole time. So. No, that's awesome. I'm but I mean, I would, I'd rather get COVID than a surprise pregnancy. So. Is that wrong to say? <laughs> I like that motion. Yeah, that's terrible. I, should have. I shouldn't say that. No. I want neither COVID or a baby. <laughs> One maybe more than the other. I won't say which. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna touch any of this. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that for your. I. I, I wish you guys luck in all things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, I had a good week. I, How you was know, your... I, well, I was supposed to be in California this week, so I, you know, I kind of did all my interviews and everything um, early, and I kind of felt like this week was a bonus week. Like I didn't, I was very, very busy. But like when you're planning on being on vacation, and then you have to change your vacation to next week. It was kind of a weird week. I don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of those. You're planning on being on vacation and you're actually here. So you're like, I got to find stuff to do. So I kind of took it easy a little bit. I got some stuff done around the house. I made a home gym inside the house. My sister gave me a bunch of like her gym equipment. So we like made this whole workout area in the house. So I'm really excited to get back to like working out like weights and stuff. Yeah. Get my swole on, you know, it's very important. Uh, I had a couple of really great interviews. Grant Adams on Monday was a really fun interview to get caught back up with him. And this guy just is such an amazing kid. I mean, I call him a kid. I mean, he's an amazing guy. I so nonchalantly in our first interview, I said, so what are you doing during the COVID? And he said, 
oh, I'm writing letters to congressmen and I'm, I'm calling them every day. And I'm like, oh, that's good, man. Awesome. Way to be like, and I just kind of went off. And then, you know, the guy gets an ambassador of goodwill for the state of Tennessee from Bill Lee for being one of the integral parts of passing the PPP. And I'm like, dude, what an amazing guy. This guy just, he puts his mind to stuff and he just does it. Like he doesn't allow one person to tell him that he can't do something. And I just, there's something about that spirit and that mentality that I just respect the hell out of. I mean, I just tell me I can't do something. It's like Michael Jordan, you know, like talk mm -hmm. some smack to me. I'll come, I'll turn around and score 60 on you tomorrow. Uh, I just love it. And then, um, Sarah Turbot on the show Wednesday, she just, um, she's amazing. You know, it's, I love people who are absolute pros. You know, we joke around here the past few minutes, but like, she's one of those people that just absolutely takes bartending to the next level. And I love people like that. I love people that take a part of working in a restaurant and hone in on it and just kill it. You know, uh, she tells some pretty good stories and just some fun stuff. And, uh, and then we get to have you on the roundup this week. So it's, it's been a great week for me. I've been love excited. That. Love it. So Delia, let's get into some like actual restaurant news. What's going on this week? What do we got happening? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's still, still continued July slowdown with openings, but Pie Town Tacos opened it yesterday. They're a takeout and delivery only. They've got uh, street style tacos and Nashville hot tacos. And of course they've got queso. I don't know if I've talked about queso in a minute on the show. So queso plug. Um, also this week, Henrietta Red's new pop-up, Henrietta's, is it Henrietta's Fish Camp? Is yes, can't wait to get over there. Yeah, so they've got crab dip and oyster rolls, and they've got a summer gazpacho that you can add your own seafood to. Um, so I'm super excited to see what Julie's doing there. They've, they've also got a market, so I'm excited to check that out and get oysters and take them home. So excited about that one. Also, I drove by McDougal's. People love their chicken fingers. On 12. I've never had it. I've heard it's amazing. Have you had it? They are good. I like their honeybee sauce. It's like a sweet and spicy one. Mm. There's and a McDougal's on 12th? It just opened, yeah, like near right near the Gulch. Nice. Mm -hmm. Tommy, you know, Tommy McDougal, um, I've known him since I was like 11. Oh. We used to be on the same Little League baseball team, like the Lipscomb Green Hills League. We used to play like right down the street from my house. Like his dad was our coach. Like, I've known him for a super long time. He's a good dude. I really like Tommy a lot. Awesome. Um, and then one more I found was Mimi's Ice Cream and Coffee in Donaldson. So I know I'm in my Nashville bubble, so I'm a little late on the game sometimes on things that are outside of my bubble. But Mimi's Ice Cream is supposed to be a 60s-themed ice cream parlor. And it's hard for me as a part-time person to keep up with all openings and closings. So just a reminder to people to send in those tips for openings closings and other things because I can only know so much as one person with thousands of restaurants in the city. Oh, come on. I can't know it, everything. I get the meanest emails. How did you not know about my Cisco stand in Goodlitzville? And I was like, do you know I've never been to Goodlitzville? I mean, <laughs> but also how are you supposed to know if somebody doesn't tell you? No, and I know not everybody can afford a, a publicist and, and nor should they have one, but I can only know so much. Send me an email and tell me that you're there. Right. We had to drop our PR for a little while, actually, um, when we were closed for COVID. And I just emailed people directly. You know, some people like you, I know, but a lot of people I didn't know. And I just said, hey, we don't have PR. I know this is unorthodox. Here's the news. I'm doing that a lot right now. And it's 
honestly, it's refreshing to kind of just get that straight from you and not have to do the go-between sometimes. No offense. Oh, it's good to hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here comes some emails. And next. <laughs> um, coming soon, Pinchy's Lobster Food Truck. I saw on Instagram. They're going to have lobster rolls with homemade potato chips and a lobster cop, cop salad and mac and cheese. And it looks like they're coming next week. And Republic, which is a gastro pub, is also coming next week. I think it's a sister restaurant to the distillery. Ooh, where's that opening? Um, yeah. Second Avenue, downtown. Oh, okay. So it's an interesting time to open something downtown, I think, but people are downtown looking for food, so. I, like I had one of my employees ask me today what I thought about new places opening during this time, and I just really didn't know what to say. I, I don't want to open a place right now, but I wonder if it's a good time or not. I don't, I, it's hard to say. I guess right. it depends on what type of business you are. Right. And I guess the ones that have opened have just had to adapt to what the situation is, but I can't imagine it's super profitable right now. But yeah, I don't know. But there is always yeah. an advantage to being a new place that people are excited about. You know, there's always that kind of initial rush of, of wanting to try something new. Sure. So, And that's the nature of my job is what's new and hot. So, I mean, I'll yeah, talk I mean, it I can. It's, it's tough. I think any time you open a new restaurant, you can only seat 50% capacity and you have to close at 10 o'clock. Um, it's Not ideal. I mean, I mean, there's no way that that's an optimal situation for anybody. I mean, I think people, you have to, you don't, I don't think people realize how long it takes to open a restaurant. I mean, restaurants that are opening right now have been in the works for a year. I mean, nobody saw the pandemic and went, ooh, there's a good opportunity for me to, to take advantage of a market. I mean, the people that are doing that will do that over the next six months and their restaurants are going to open in a year and a half. And that's going to happen. I mean, there are people out there right now who are, you know, I think that they feel for the people that are losing their restaurants, but also if you were in talks to buy a restaurant right now, you're like, Whoa, I feel like the market's about to change drastically here in the next month or two. I'm going to hang back and they're going to mm -hmm. see what happens because I mean, you wouldn't be savvy if you did, but the restaurants that are opening right now are people that have, that had dreams and plans a long time ago and are, like, how long do you hold out? I mean, do you, if you're planning on opening in March and you decide to hold it out, like, I mean, you at some point just got to do it. Like, I mean, the optimist, you just got You just got to open. About the band-aid, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't think it's optimal for anybody. Yeah. And Caroline, in, in reference to the question that you were asked, essentially you opened a restaurant. I think restaurant owners are opening restaurants every day because <laughs> you change and shift so much. So you've essentially opened a new restaurant. That is true, actually. I do feel like I've opened a brand new restaurant. It was so much harder to reopen than I thought it would be. I don't know why. I guess I just thought, oh, we've been doing this for over three years. We'll just pop right back into it. But it was. It was really challenging. Um, I guess the one good thing about trying to open something new right now is I feel like customers are more willing to give operators a break than any other time. You know, people aren't so quick to judge or complain or you know things like that whereas i feel like sometimes when a new thing opens people can't wait to criticize it um and and customers are being a lot more laid back with operators right now i think everybody understands it's a it's a tough time to be a restaurant so it yeah. is what are we looking like on the uh, jobs front delia 
Um, I've seen a few this week. I saw Margaritaville, speaking of downtown, is hiring. Um, I didn't know if they were open right now or not, but they're hiring. And also I saw Pitchfork Pizza, which is in Goodlitzville, and I've been wanting to check that out. It's from the owners of Sea Salt. And I don't know if we talked about that opening because it was kind of outside my circle mm. too. The Sea Salt owners from Chicago closed Sea Salt and then they just reopened or not reopened. They opened Pitchfork Pizza in Goodlitzville. They're hiring. Slider House in Midtown is hiring and ML Rose is also hiring, I saw. Nice. Nice. And you know, we can always, uh, if you're out there and you are looking for something, you know, certainly not blind to the fact that extra money uh, as far as unemployment stopped this week. If you are out there looking for a job and you're healthy and you're one of those people that needs a job right now, check out FOH and BOH.com. It's foeandbo.com. Uh, it's a really cool new site that you kind of go in, you fill out a profile, you can make a video, you can kind of click all the different things that you want. So I mean, if you have tattoos and you don't want to work, uh, you don't want to wear a uniform and you want to be in this part of town, you can put those things in there and then places that match your criteria will, will look at your profile and potentially send you a request for a job. So uh, some really cool stuff going on at foeandbo.com. And I think this is a big week for you to go and create a profile. Um, if you go to our website at nashvillerestaurantradio.com, there is a link that you can go to. Um, it is free if you're looking for a job and if you are an employer and you are needing people, um, I have a feeling like there's about to be an influx of people that need jobs, but you can go to Faux and Beau and it is free for you through the end of August to hire as many people as you want. Don't go to Indeed, don't go to these other sites. Go to our website, click the sponsor tab, go over to foeandbow.com, click the, the, the link there and you'll get till the end of August free to hire as many people as you possibly can. Um, let's take a short break right now and hear from the rest uh, of our sponsors. Springer Mountain Farms is a family-owned business nestled in the hills of the Blue Ridge Mountains with over 50 years experience in raising chickens. We exercise great care in all that we do, and our dedication providing our chickens with a quality life and healthy diet results in a healthier, more delicious chicken for you and your family to enjoy. Try Spring Mountain Farms Chicken today by locating a store or restaurant near you or ordering online at springmountainfarms.com. Nashville's own Pennington Distilling Company produces Davidson Reserve Tennessee Whiskey. In fact, it's the first grain-to-glass Tennessee whiskey made in Nashville since Prohibition. They also distill Pickers Vodka, Walton's Vodka, and Whisper Creek Tennessee Sipping Cream. Pick up a bottle at your favorite package store today or order a drink your favorite restaurant. Visit them at PenningtonDistillingCo.com. Foambo is the newest way to hire and be hired in the hospitality industry in Nashville, Tennessee. So visit FOHandBOH.com for more details. And remember, it's free through August, so sign up now. Times are tough, but recovery doesn't have to be. Kurtz Hospitality Marketing is a full-service sales, marketing, and public relations agency dedicated to growing revenue for their clients. Contact them at 615-456-3953 or at www.kurtzhospitality.com. That's K-U-R-T-Z hospitality.com. All right, and welcome back. Thank you to our sponsors. We want to talk about one more sponsor, Mobile Fixture. Mobile Fixture is a... Um, restaurant equipment company so if you are starting 
a restaurant or if you want to upgrade your kitchen in any way, contact Mobile Fixture. They are the ones, they are the professionals that will help you get your kitchen outfitted with everything you need. Uh, they have warehouse in Smyrna. Go check them out at mobilefixture.com. Set up an appointment. If you have an idea for a restaurant, go sit down, talk with Ben Whitlock and let him know exactly what you're doing. He can help you put a plan together today. So they sponsor our next segment, which is our local legend. And we were fortunate enough today to uh, have Mr. Randy Rayburn join the show. And we're going to go to that right now. All right. So we are welcomed uh, here at National Restaurant Radio with the local legend, Mr. Randy Rayburn. Welcome to Nash Restaurant Radio. Welcome back to Nash Restaurant Radio, Mr. Randy Rayburn. Hi, hi, Brandon. Hi, everybody. It's a, a pleasure being with you again, my friend. So you are joined here. We've got Delia Joe Ramsey and Caroline Galzen, and we are celebrating you as a local legend today. Midtown Cafe is kind of your your main restaurant. Is Cabana back open yet? Yeah, Cabana reopened uh, May the 11th, as a matter of fact, that Monday, and Midtown reopened May the 12th after we received PPP funding from the SBA. And uh, as I've told people, I never thought I'd be praying for the Treasury Secretary to come to my rescue again. Mm. <laughs> How have things been since you've reopened? It, it's been, you know, slow. Uh, it's, you know, the things were growing slowly but steadily in both restaurants leading up to the 4th of July week when some of our... Uh, not so neighborly downtown uh, bar owners, um, you know, really um, put a kibosh on the downtown and Nashville's growth and shot themselves and the rest of us in the foot by trying to go, be, frankly, being too greedy. And uh, it really, our, our, my business at Midtown dropped 50% that week. Uh, and the following mm -hmm. week was down even a little bit more. We're slowly but surely coming back up a little bit, but we're only operating right now at less than 20% of the uh, same week a year ago. Uh, in a year where we, Midtown, which is 33 years old, opened in 1987, was up 24% last year. You know, everything that could come together right was working well. And Cabana was doing well because the, Mar the new Marriott Moxie in Hillsborough Village had opened up in January, which had, you know, the traffic, the construction, the lack of parking had really impacted it for, you know, about 18 to 20 months. So things are, you know, some of my friends are doing well, very well. I talked to one friend today who is one of the owners of a restaurant, uh, Blue Moon, on uh, you know on the lake or, or sure. on the river, and you know with only half the seats, they're knocking them dead. You know, I'm talking you know quarter of a million dollars a week net sales. Woohoo! I'm in the wrong business. I need a patio and a river. If they can't drink on Broadway, they'll drink on the lake, I guess, right? Well, it's outside, you know, as he said, any, any place with outside seating, you know, is doing very well. Absolutely. You know, Are you doing takeout and delivery at all, or, or what's that looking like for you? We've been doing takeout, but it, it's been hit or miss, and I'm in the process of uh, realigning myself with Postmates in an unusual deal. I won't go into it. Let's just say it's to my advantage as opposed to the normal situation that people are in paying 25 or 30 percent of the fees and in working i'm working the we'll be starting up shortly because we've been working with the, to go austin and them over there from fresh hospitality from their tech group and we'll be having a a a, a very affordable uh delivery service through doordash that should start probably week after next we're the beta on them uh, for this and we're not a member of fresh hospitality but we are part of their to-go uh, group, and uh, 
we think that that's going to work, but we've just been, you know, getting the menus defined for data entry, you know, for, for recently and trying to realign the menus and actually expanded our menus. So our menus expand, uh, actually more replicated what Postmates was uh, offering to the people in their online service when they uh, <clears throat> copied our menu. <laughs> yeah. So can you give us any insight? You said that you've got a great deal with Postmates. Is it Postmates that you said that you're going to start working with again? Yeah, well, we've been working with Postmates in terms of we have accepted offers from them from the past. You know, some of the companies will actually go to your website and poach you, you know, and poach your menu and call you. And we, we so far have, uh, you know, have not wanted to sign up with anybody. Uh, we do in the Do DoorDash because it uh, works through to go. A lot of people who have Toast have that integrated into their POS systems, and it's an affordable situation. Uh, I think with a seven-dollar delivery fee, of which we're going to eat ourselves, as opposed to a twenty-five or thirty percent, you know, negotiated rate uh, out of the gross. And um, for me, it, this works for us, but. Ultimately, probably the, the DoorDash deal will be our number one deal. Um, but it was taking a while for that to come online, and we were getting some business from Postmates, in which we were just uh, adding on a service fee for our bartender slash server combo expediter person, so they weren't doing anything for free. You know, that's one of the problems I think in too many restaurants. Uh, the servers wind up with nothing because the tips go to the drivers, uh, based upon the way those things are set up. So there, we'll have have a have a, um, a service fee for the uh, DoorDash, uh, but Postmates we we add a twenty percent uh, gratuity because our service is taking them away from their own tables, which they're not super busy, and we only have eleven out of twenty two tables uh, available to us under social distancing, but it's uh, it, it's working for us, and frankly, any revenue in a storm like this is welcome. Randy, I'm curious because we um, at my restaurant have had to make lots of um, adjustments to try and, you know, navigate these times. Have you changed your operating model at all at either of your restaurants or have you had to make different, you know, adjustments to what you were doing before to what you're doing now? Well, you know, I opened, I, I bought Midtown Cafe in 1997 and it opened up in 87 and it was operating normally until Three years ago in September, I added breakfast, which is one of the best moves I've ever added because while it's a lower check average and relatively low food cost, it brought in additional business and we served breakfast through lunchtime. That was really one of our elements of growth, but we were growing in all time segments, both breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner uh, the last two years. Uh, once it finally caught on, it, you know, it takes time to market, and, you know, expand it, let people know that you exist, particularly when you're on a side street. Um, for, uh, for me, we wound up really, the higher you are up the food chain in terms of price point, I find it's harder to differentiate. You know, we bought the disposable bottles with the seals to be able to sell alcohol off site, you know, cocktails and, you know, we cut our discounted our wine prices by the bottle online for, to go and otherwise, but we focused on to go initially because I steadfastly refused to pay 25 or 30%. Uh, Produced lower revenues, but it was beginning to grow, and we'd gotten up to over 27% of the same revenue year before, or same week a year ago from the week before 4th of July. And Cabana had started out with the window service pickup to go only, uh, and then wound up adding dining in service when we finally, the mayor's office allowed us to go back to that. But 
maybe I'm an old dog and don't want to try new tricks, but I didn't want the burden of trying to have uh, my own delivery people who may or may not show up uh, to go out. Uh, I did have a number of my staff who did not want to come back to work because if they had health concerns or pre-existing conditions, some of the others uh, wanted to wait and see uh, what after the federal uh, money uh, ran out in addition to the Tennessee unemployment. So basically at both restaurants, it's remained relatively the same. Uh, we you know, obviously Cabana did a lot of events uh, and private parties and was a big, big portion, probably 40% of our annual revenue of about $2 million a year. And Cabana, Midtown Cafe did $2 million last year uh, in net sales. And, you know, I wouldn't have reopened without the PPP, Caroline. It's, uh, yeah, same, same goes for us. Um, you know, you mentioned events, and I was actually having this conversation with someone earlier today trying to come up with solutions for private events, you know, through the next 12 to 18 months. And, and I'm really struggling with that strategy. Is that something that you guys have made a plan for yet? Well, we've made some modifications for smaller groups, you know, under the limitations of 10 and a total of 10 at a table and a total of 25. Cabana has the type of physical space to be able to do that. Cabana has a private room that holds 12 people, but we limit it to 10 people. We've only used it a handful of times since we reopened. Some on, some on lunch, some on dinner time, but not, not a lot. Uh, we've got one other sector that we can do that, but we can't seat the other three tables near it. Uh, if we sure. seat somebody there. I had three tables of people today because we were full at, at lunchtime where at one point I had one person on a four top and one person on a 10 top because uh, that's all that was available when they came in and they were regulars and I was going to take care of their business. Sure. As it regards to private events, that's really, really hard. I'm, I'm finance chair of the National Convention Center and I can tell you there are not going to be many convention groups or conferences or events the remainder of this year. I think a lot of people locally and nationally are counting on more groups coming back next year with the onset of uh, a vaccine. Uh, I think we're all hoping and praying that not only one, that it'll happen, two, that it'll happen soon, and three, that it works. And we don't know any of the threes, and it's above my pay grade to try to figure that out. But the event <laughs> business is really, really challenging given those limitations. And what we found is most people are putting things off or Re rehearsal dinners are, are coming in with 15 people or 20 people instead of 100, you know, or 125 at, at Cabana. And we don't really do those kind of things at Midtown. Uh, Cabana did a lot of uh, small groups because of the nature of the Cabanas. But we did a lot of private events, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And honestly, most of that is evaporated. And our event coordinator is doing everything possible to book, rebook people next year. And that's mm -hmm. what the convention center is doing. You know, we have our full staff there, basically moving people to next year. And the people who are waiting this year are waiting until they have monetary damages before they move to, you know, cancel or move on or try to rebook next year if those, if, if dates that interest them are available. Well, so that's some super interesting stuff there, Randy. I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. It look like you're uh, in a room. Can you pull out your crystal ball for me? And um, can you tell me what's going to be, uh, what do you think's coming? What do you think, and what are some of the factors that may change this? But what do you see next for Midtown and Cabana, or even just our city? 
let me speak to the city because I think it's a, it's a better subject for the, for the group situation that we're in. Um, I talked to one of my vendors today who called me because their daughter was invited to come to Nashville in a couple of weeks for a, a, a wedding bachelorette party kind of thing. And she works with the Rewards Network, which is part of, you know, the people who provide rewards and punts and offer dollars to help cash flow situations for people. But she called me for advice on her daughter and where the, where the honky talks open or not, and she didn't want her coming here. And one of the things, you know, that she told me was that her, one of her uh, associates that handles the Chicago market was that, you know, 4,300 restaurants in Chicago were permanently closed of their clients. Last week, you had Yelp announce that uh, about 55,000 of their clients were permanent, uh, were, were closed right now, and that the expectation was that 60% of them would never reopen. I think the analogy that I've heard best was from a, a, a epidemiologist who had worked, I think, in the Bush administration, talking about the, the pandemic in terms of that it is a forest fire, and as long as there is wood available for it to burn, it's going to burn. When people take mitigating actions like, so you know, like masks, social distancing, or what we did with shutting uh, places down, uh, you see the change. I mean, look at the numbers in Davidson County. The actual numbers are down. The number of ICU beds uh, available is down because people are coming to us from the surrounding counties uh, to our major hospitals. We're a major healthcare center. My concern is I, I tend to agree with Tom Colicchio of the Independent Restaurant Group when he says that, said earlier this year, back in March and April, and trying to lobby Congress since, uh, you know, this is 70% of the independent locally owned type restaurants will never reopen. Mm. Not trying to be doom and gloom, but I don't want to paint a pretty picture because we could not survive without PPP. My doors would close tomorrow. And we need more. We need another round of it. Everybody news, needs another round of it. Correct. The good news is both the Senate Republican plan and the House Heroes plan that has passed uh, back in May have elements of that that Marco Rubio and Chris Coons and them have put together that has some variations on whether 300 employees or under 100 employees or whether or not your revenues are under 50% from same time a year ago or otherwise. Uh, you know, both of my restaurants now have under way under 50 employees and even way under what we were doing. I, I'll be hard pressed to make my FTE numbers at all. I won't be able to when it comes forgiveness time, but it's still cheap money, you know, 1% borrowing in effect for the first round. And uh, hopefully that can carry me until Congress comes together and makes a, an accommodation and uh, makes some sausage, uh, as they used to say about political consequences. But without that and other loans that are being offered for the restaurant industry, um, you know, we like hotels are a cyclical industry and without customer traffic counts growing and without customer check averages there, uh, people having the disposable money to create demand, it's going to get real ugly. Hmm. I pray that it's going to happen, but I don't know how soon they'll come to their senses because people are going to starve. People are out there are starving. It's, uh, it's you know, the federal funding for uh, unemployment has run out this week, and um, I think we're about to start seeing some effects if they don't get on the ball quickly. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. I know uh, I would love to continue to talk to you for much, much longer. 
Um, we'll have to do it again soon. Is there anything you want to leave everybody with, a final kind of a parting thought that you could tell the city of Nashville? I think we're all blessed to live in Nashville. It's become Music City, and I think it, uh, it grew beyond our wildest expectations in terms of the tourism market downtown. I told my friend Steve Buchanan that I, I, I decided not to blame Butch anymore, Spirited of the CVC, that I blamed his uh, TV show Nashville for bringing everybody here and everybody <laughs> wanted to come to us and, and for those GD pedal tappers. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, we're going right to talk now, about them next. Well, <laughs> for me, this town is um, it's a great place to be. I think none of us expected the kind of growth and the uh, in the in the aftermath of the flood, and I think this is a good reset. Whether we want it or not, we have to deal with this basically double black swan event that affects every single person in Nashville, Tennessee, America, and the world. And it won't won't be resolved until uh, um, people get on board with it because uh, um, there'll be a high percentage of people who won't take the vaccine because they're afraid of vaccines or other things or don't believe in science. And all I can say is uh, God help them. I've had friends with COVID and I know people who've died from it. Yeah, I think it's definitely real. Well, thank you very much, Randy. You are a, uh, you are a true local legend, and uh, it's you, you're welcome on the show anytime, man. Thank you so much thanks, for joining Randy. us today. Ladies, thanks for allowing me to be on camera with you. <laughs> thanks, Randy. Thank you. Good to All see right. you. All right, dealer. Right. Take care, y'all. Thank you so much. All right, in this next segment, we're going to jump right in with something that's been kind of interesting to me is the um, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, she had a speech in front of Congress the other day, and we're going to go listen to that now, and we'll have some comment. I was minding my own business, walking up um, the steps. Can you hear it? And mm -hmm. Representative Yoho put his finger in my face. He called me disgusting. He called me crazy. And in front of reporters, Let's Representative Yoho called me, and I quote, a f***ing bitch. And I want to be clear that Representative Yoho's comments were not deeply hurtful or piercing to me because I have worked a working class job. I have waited tables in restaurants. I have ridden the subway. I have tossed men out of bars that have used language like Mr. Yoho's. Mr. Yoho mentioned that he has a wife and two daughters. I am someone's daughter too. And I am here because I have to show my parents that I am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men. So we're, we're going to talk right now. Um, I watched that video yesterday, the full nine and a half minutes. And um, it was super powerful to me. Like, I mean, I'm almost broke down. She, there's some moments in that, that I, I got teared up because she was so spot on. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen just, just a super spot on strong independent woman get up there and stand up. I always just, I wanted to like, when the, the video ended, I wanted to like stand up in my kitchen and start clapping. Like it was just one of those moments to me that I had to do a lot of self-reflection on 
And um, it's tough because uh, I want to get your, your opinions about this uh, because there's a lot of implications here as far as we're, we're talking about with restaurants and the fact that you guys are both female. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back and kind of let you guys talk for a second. But I do want to say, you know, since I've stopped drinking, one of the things to me has been just um, feeling emotions and really not having any cloud of anything. Not, I felt like I was angry in the past and now like hearing something like that, I can really hear it. Uh, it's been amazing just kind of looking in the mirror at myself and trying to identify areas in which I need to change. And Black Lives Matter, everything that's going on right now, uh, I don't, well, I don't think that I'm egregious in any way. It's always an opportunity for me to stop and go, hey, how can I be a better human? And I thought there was a lot in what she said that just me as a man could take away and kind of go, yeah, I can be better. I can always be better. And um, it was huge to me. So you guys have both seen the video. Uh, what are your thoughts? I loved it. I mean, I'm such a fan of hers. And anytime, anytime a woman can identify, you know, a situation like that and, and fearlessly steps up and says, this is not right. This is not okay. And I will not accept this. You know, it's just, it's, it's been a part of the status quo for too long. Um, and, and I just, you know, Delia, I, I'm actually curious about your perspective about this because, um, we are both from Alabama, even though, <laughs> and I was going to ask you, I mean, I feel like there's something about maybe not just Alabama, but Southern culture in general that do you feel like we're taught like, oh, you have to put up with us? I a thousand percent feel that way. That was the way that um, my mom raised me was, you know, you accept the compliments and, and on the opposite of the, the hate the hatred comments that you get sometimes you also get the harassing comments and you just smile and nod and that's the southern way is accepting it and maybe that's wrong but that's what I was taught to do I even talked about it a couple weeks ago with the homeless guy he threatened me and I just said thank you thank you until he walked away and it's it's just evidence of growing up in the south and in Alabama as you said and and being polite but then at some point you're just I'm just furthering the bad cause and mm -hmm. not saying something is I don't know if it's, it's bad to just continue to accept that. I don't know. I've just, I've seen it my entire life and I didn't even notice it as different or wrong. I just thought that was part of it on basically a daily basis. Yeah, I feel like for me, it's, um, you know, what we're taught about manners and, and wanting people to like you and, and wanting, you know, people to be pleased with you is, um, you never want somebody to think that you're a bitch. <laughs> and if you are, if you speak out against someone who has harassed you or been unkind to you, or, you know, someone who is in a perceived position of power that is above you, then that's, you know, rude or inappropriate or whatever. And for me, I, I have no problem now acknowledging and calling out those things when when it comes my way um i just guess i lost the fear of somebody thinking i'm a bitch if you think i'm a bitch great <laughs> i wish you would because <laughs> i don't think that i'm a bitch but if that's what you think about me then have at it <laughs> right and, and good for you for getting to that point and what's your advice for getting women like me who are people pleasers and want people to like them and don't mm -hmm. want to get 
you know, attacked or anything vilified. What's your advice to turning that corner as a Southern woman? I mean, just really having that value in yourself and not caring what somebody else thinks and knowing that it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. You know, you and I have a personal relationship and I know that you are truly such a kind and sweet person and you're I can think of many adjectives to describe you. Bitch would not be one of them. <laughs> um, and you just have to know that that's what people think. Of. The only people who matter think that about you, right. you know? And um, and as long as we don't stand up to men calling us bitches or saying inappropriate things or, or whatever, you know, they're going to keep doing it and keep getting away with it. You know, I think I can think of so many times, working in the restaurant industry especially, that I just put up with, especially chefs. Um, now, obviously not all chefs, my husband's a chef, but um, a, a lot of chefs, because there's that hierarchy in a, in a kitchen where, you know, you never question the chef or you never talk back to the chef or any of those things where I've just been treated with so much abuse, just so disrespectfully, so unkind um, that in retrospect, I'm like, oh man, I, I wish I knew then what I know now. and you know, I'm still waiting for my opportunity to call some people out. It hasn't come yet, but we'll see. Maybe one day. <laughs> well, I want to start by saying I'm sorry that that is normal for you and that it has happened to you. And I know that you're just one of, I mean, we're, we're just, there's so many women that have gone through the same thing. And I think that's why it's important to speak on this, especially about in the restaurant industry specifically. Because I mean, I worked as a cocktail waitress in my 20s. And every place I worked, I was groped by my boss. And, you know, I was up with um, comments and, you know, grabs from patrons because I knew that I would get a better tip if I didn't say anything. And it was about mm -hmm. that point for me. And I would let the person touch me in a, in a way that I wasn't comfortable with and that I would, like, probably drink to forget later. But it was something that I put up with on a daily basis because I thought that's what we did. And I wasn't working at Hooters or anywhere. I mean, and nothing, nothing's wrong with women that do. But this was just a, a bar, and I was putting a up with this bullshit that I didn't have to, but I did. And that was 12 years ago and it's still happening to women. And now seeing yeah. the different side, as far as in food media, I still see it. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten disgusting DMs and weird texts and I've gotten just approached and followed home even and gotten put in really uncomfortable situations. And I haven't said anything because I didn't want to add some more stress to my plate when I already had a lot going on. But at some point, if there willing to do it to a public voice in their field then what the hell are they doing to people in their kitchens and in their restaurants and that's why I decided to say something today too yeah I mean it shouldn't be shocking anymore but honestly it is whenever I hear about something like that I'm, I'm genuinely shocked I just can't imagine someone who is a supposed professional whether it's a chef or a politician you know treating someone that way um, especially one of their peers uh, but you know, there's a really long way to go, but I think the good news is that I do feel that there is a shift in the culture. I do feel like some progress is being made and it's changing. And I think that, you know, um, that clip you played earlier, uh, Brandon, of, of uh, AOC speaking out is just evidence of that, you know, that she does feel empowered to speak out and use her voice um, and, and not stand for this kind of treatment because truly it's unacceptable. It, it really is. You know, to me, that clip was really powerful. Um, really, it's the definition 
of leadership. You know, being able to, the, the guts it takes for her to stand up there in front of Congress to ask for the time to call that guy out um, was like everything to me. And the guts that it takes for you guys to come on this show today and talk about this, you know, is another thing. I mean, like just, I, I appreciate both of you and I value both of your relationships um, so much because I, I've been fortunate to work with some amazing women over, over the years. And I have just such a mad respect for what you guys do on a daily basis. And you know, I've been with you Delia on calls and places and I've heard, I've heard people, you know, we're sitting down talking to people and they go, you can cut, you can bring your pretty self by here anytime, you know? And I, and I remember the first time that happened, we've heard that happen, but like the first time that happened, I looked at you and I said, I feel awkward for both of us right now. Does that happen all the time? And you looked at me, you're like all the time. And it's like, when is we as men, gonna like we're gonna realize that like we there's a respect for what you guys are doing and it has nothing to do with bring your pretty self by here anytime like that's just one of those things that's just not acceptable and i'm glad she did that like just publicly calling him out i mean to call somebody and you know i didn't want to say it but to say that in front of reporters i mean it's just it's embarrassing being a man so like the, he would say like, what's he saying in private? If he'll say that in front of reporters, like what's this guy saying in private? And it's a, it's a, it's a glad, I'm glad, you know, she said at the end of the thing, she goes, I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he did it because it shined a light on something that's just glaring out there. This, this type of shit happens all the time. And I promise you old... it's not the first time that's happened. I mean, listen, whether you're a fan of Hillary Clinton or not, she is an incredibly incredibly accomplished person and she has taken more abuse than probably <sighs> anybody in the history of politics simply for being unafraid to speak up and speak out at a time that it wasn't really socially acceptable for women to do so i mean you know there's a really 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 amazing documentary and uh on hulu uh, about Hillary Clinton that came out, I, I want to say about a year ago. If you haven't seen it, I just, whether you're a fan of hers or not, just give it a watch and, and learn about this. Just what an accomplished woman who did so much for women having a voice at a time that it just, you know, wasn't as, as much of a thing as it is today. I watched her when she was on Howard Stern. Um, you know, oh, I amazing. I was so floored by that woman after listening to her on Stern. And I was just like, I, I, I had no, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like she is so amazing. So a lot of people said that before that interview, and you know, this is something you and I have in common is we're both huge Howard Stern super fans. But I know a lot of people said that they were not Hillary Clinton fans and would not have voted for her. And then when they heard that interview, they said, I wish I heard this before the election because I would have voted for her. Are you, I'm just curious, are you one of those people who maybe wasn't such a fan before and then after you heard the interview had a different perspective on her? Uh, I was, I was a hundred percent. I feel like I was a different person then. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I've done so much growing in the past nine months, just in, in who I am and really like opened my eyes to a lot of things. I've, I've allowed a lot of introspection and, um, 
that's one of those things. Yes, I was one of those people after the interview. I was like, damn, I really would have. And I, uh, I did not vote for, for um, our current president either. So <laughs> yes, I'm one of those people also. Disclaimer. That's what, yes, and you know disclaimer. what? Yeah. We all, we all change and grow and move through the journey of life. <laughs> yes, it's a good thing. You know, but I, I, I say these things because I say them and we talk about these things because I'm here to say that I'm a flawed person, right? Nobody here is perfect, but we're not, we're not grandstanding right now and telling you what you need to do. But I want to hopefully stand here hat in hand and say, I'm willing to look inside. I'm willing to recognize, I'm not just going to stand here and say, I'm perfect. Look what I do. Like I'm willing to look inside and say, Hey, look, whatever like is me, I can do better. We can all do better on a daily basis. And if you're listening to this, hopefully you take like two seconds and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to look in the mirror for a minute. What can I do differently? What can I do better? And, um, I mean, hopefully that's, if there's one small takeaway from this, you hear two strong women talk about the fact that this is still happening today. It happens in Nashville restaurants. It happens in the South. And if you're listening to this, you can be the first part of change. I thought John Miller, the QBQ, what can I do? The question I asked myself during this, what can I do to stop racism? What can I do to be a better man? What can I do to help women support women? Which I love that movement of the pictures going on. Um, final thing, you know, we can move on to our next topic, but you put a picture on Instagram. It was just kind of a black and white picture of you. I see these women supporting women all over. Can you help me as a, as a guy who just sees that I've accepted the challenge? What is, what's the meaning behind all of this? You know, I wish I had a better answer. Adelia, you posted one too, right? Do, I, I, it's yeah. just, I think it's honestly, I think it's just kind of a fun thing for women to say, I support other women. I celebrate and champion other women. Uh, it's kind of like an Instagram chain letter almost. What I then don't know. I saw, did, did you post one, Delia? I did, but then I saw like some people calling out the women posting the thing, being like, "Why did you just post a pretty picture of yourself?" And I didn't get challenged. And then oh, I saw that too. Into an attack because apparently the black and white thing started as a way to raise awareness for women in Turkey that were being murdered. Oh. And I, I haven't oh, read all this information, but. It's Supposedly that's how it started with black and white photos of these women oh, who were no, dangerous. I didn't know and then that. the women challenge. And so then it was women calling out the women who were posting. And then I was like, well, should I delete this? Like, I don't know. But Boy. I love seeing all my friends in pretty black and white pictures. And I I mean, we're all sitting at home. Let's post a picture where we feel good because we haven't put on makeup in three weeks or three months. And I mean, I think at some point it got counterproductive with some of the comments oh, on no. Twitter. But hey, empowering women. That's what this is all about. That's what the speech was about. That's what I think the black and white photos are about. Let's stop being catty and just love and light. Yeah, I'm also just like not a great Instagrammer because I feel like I'm an old <laughs> lady who, it, it's maybe it's not for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm 90% food, so I mean, everyone's so I'm like, hey, there's a person back here. I, I don't know. <laughs> We'll, we be coughing just, over yeah, here, so. just post a queso picture. I'm going to post a pizza or a bagel and we'll get it'll back be to fine. <laughs> exactly. Just get back to work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hungry, hungry people supporting hungry people. Exactly. Now that um, we can definitely get behind. Yes. So to, to, to switch gears, um, to talk a little bit about our friends over at Supersource, which we all know 
that they are a family-owned, locally operated uh, chemical and dish machine company. Jason Ellis is the general manager there, and he wants to come and do an audit of your dish machine, all of your chemicals. He's doing staff trainings. He's helping identify uh, lots of savings. Every person he's talked to so far, he's saving them 20, 25% on their dish machine rental and chemicals. If you go to our website right now and you check out our sponsors tab under super source, click there. He's going to give you three months of a brand new dish machine rental for free. Now, on top of that, he's not going to ask you to sign any sort of a contract. So this is a, if you can, if you're past your contract with your other company, this is the time to get rid of them and try a new company from somebody who lives here locally, uh, want, is working really hard to earn your business. There's no contract. So he earns your business every single week. Um, give him a call, check him out at our website, go to nashrestaurantredo.com, click the link and um, check him out, supersource.com also. So this is now the time where we get to ask the question. I don't know why I love that. I just love that sound. Uh, we have a we have Caroline Galzen as our special guest today. Uh, and we are going to ask the question, what's the Delia? Hit it, Delia. All right. So this week's What's the Delia was specifically inspired by Caroline's Instagram oh. post this weekend. And coincidentally, oh, I God, see, what did I post? I see a party hot tub passing right now, and it was <gasps> of you calling out this party bus on Instagram. And so I want to say, what's the deal with transportainment and why are they still running around right now? Because I think, I thought they were supposed to be closed. So I just want to know what's going on and wh where your head is with all of this. Oh, I mean, you know, I think that I um, texted you at one point this week. I said, you know, it's not every day that you get into an Instagram fight with a bus. <laughs> but I did. Um, and it wasn't just me, actually. I can't take full credit. Um, a, a, a mutual friend of ours originally posted and, and called out this, uh, I believe it was Nash Party Barge. Um, I, I think so, yeah. yeah. The Party Barge, which I guess is a, um, a stretch limousine that's supposed to look like a pontoon boat. And um, they are basically just a bar on wheels and um, somehow seem to consider themselves exempt from the regulations that bars are, you know, not allowed to be open, not allowed to serve customers, but these party buses still are. Um, and the mayor actually issued an executive order late on Friday, shutting all of them down, but they still operated all weekend. So I messaged I, I tagged this party barge and said, you know, this is unacceptable. And then they tried to DM me and said something to the effect of, um, who, who are you talking about? Or what is everyone? I, I think I said, why do you not have to say, follow the same rules as everyone? And they said, well, who is everyone? And then I, instead of keeping it in the DMs, I just screen captured everything that we were messaging each other and posted it on my stories. And I tagged the mayor, I tagged the health department, I tagged the party barge. And I essentially demanded that they um, give an explanation to the citizens of Nashville as to why they are um, propagating the spread of COVID in our community. They did not respond to that. So. <laughs> They, no, they actually did not respond to that. Um, I know that they did respond to um, 
our, our friend who originally called them out and um, said something to the effect of, well, we tell people to put masks on, but we can't force them to wear masks. Basically trying to say the 45 bachelorettes on their bus um, had health conditions that prevented them from wearing masks. I guess it was a bus full of, you know, non-social distance, drunk asthmatics, apparently. So who can say? <laughs> who can say? Who can say? I mean, it is baffling because they don't serve any food. Um, I heard there's a loophole where if they don't serve alcohol, which I don't think they ever serve you alcohol, correct? I've never been on No, one. it's always, no, it's always so, BYOB. So uh, yeah. what's to stop them from being bringing their own like I did on the plane last week? They're going to bring their own alcohol. And I mean, I see them drinking out of the cups and not wearing masks when they pass by. And I can see them from here all day long. Um, so hey, so they've I... got a loophole, is that correct? Yeah, there, there's a loophole. Here's here's the story, and this this is just broke, you know, a couple days ago, that if if you are so there's a limousine license, right? So you have like gray line buses, you have these buses that transport large groups of people, and then you have the uh, tour buses that go around the town. Those are still legal to operate uh, because there's no alcohol. So they have figured out that if they operate without alcohol they can operate under that same license as like a tour bus they're doing they're doing tours not parties right so it is a loophole the mayor's identified that it's a loophole they're trying to figure out the next way to stop them um let me ask can i take a quick poll here with everybody before this before let's talk about october of last year what's your take on transportainment do you think it's are you one of the people that are like, I hate it? Or are you one of the people that are like, it doesn't bother me? Or are you like, uh, it kind of bothers me, but whatever? I think that I'm very much in the minority. Um, that I actually, I've, I think it looks like a lot of fun, honestly, in non-COVID times. I think it looks like a lot of fun. I'm also a lot less of a hater of the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Broadway shit show culture than I think a lot of other people that live in Nashville. But I know that I'm, that's not the popular answer. What's your take, Delia? I mean, I know, I think it's good for the economy that these people are coming here. And it, I agree, it, it looks like sometimes it's fun, but as someone who hears the Woo Girls from my apartment, <laughs> like on a Monday at 2 p.m. That's the X factor. That kind of bothers me. Um, I've never but done they were it, doing so. that when you moved in, right? Yeah. I okay. mean, I, can, I can't speak to if it's fun, but I think, you know, I'm glad for the national economy to do well. So I accept it. But in I, these times, unacceptable. Oh, so yeah. yeah so not right now. And, and is there not a cap on how many people can be on this? And how, how are tour buses operational? Is there a cap on how many people can be on the bus? Yeah, I, I fall into, I'm, I'm, I side with you, Caroline, and, and too, for the most part, Delia. I mean, I, I don't live there. You know, I don't live downtown. Or I don't hear them on a regular basis. Drive me crazy, I'm sure, Delia. I think it's cool. It does look fun. Um, and, you know, people are having a blast. These people are, that are the woo girls that are on the transportainment things, like, they're having more fun. Because, you know, when I go drive, like, on Saturdays, like, I drive Uber on the weekends or kind of a thing. And it rains. Like, it's on, like, fuel falling from the sky. They just go crazy. And they're having fun, but right now, and that's why I just want to know, like, if you had a pre-bias to this before going into this COVID deal, 
I think that it is absolute BS that the guys that run this business decide that, hey, look, we found a loophole to spread the, the virus and we're just going to do it. You know, that, that pisses think me that off. Now, I think that now is such a time that it is so, so critical for the business community to come together to support one another. And if everybody is following the rules and you think that you're so smart and you found a loophole to flaunt the rules and and spread COVID in our community, it's just unacceptable to me. I think that you have to hold yourself accountable, not just to your customers, but to all of the other business owners. Why do you get to operate and prolong the amount of time that others don't get to operate? You know, it's just, it's not okay. It's really damaging. It makes me so upset if you can't tell. Well, and you're, but you're, you know, you have a unique take on this. I mean, you are a business owner right. who is directly affected by this and you have done the right thing the entire time. You just said well, you haven't gone out. Me. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it's not just me. My restaurant is actually open right now. I have been able to operate under every phase, even, even shelter in place while we weren't open for takeout, then we could have been, um, but there's places that haven't, you know, Chopper, The Fox, uh, Rosemary and Beauty Queen, you know, there's Peninsula. all of these bars that are, that are not, you know, crazy party bars that can't do business right now. And it's just not okay. It's not okay. And I, I, okay. What is the dealia with them? And my final, my final thought is I posted about transportainment on, on my Facebook the other day, and maybe I should open this with explaining what transportainment is because people from Dallas were like, what's that? And I was like, wait, people don't know about this. There are rolling hot tubs, y'all. There is a fire truck. There is a tank. There are 5,000 tractors. Yeah, and, and people don't know, and I'm kind of envious of those people. Maybe I would be excited about it if I didn't know what it was. Now, I've noticed when you try, because I actually had to explain this to a friend from Chicago who saw my Instagram stories, and when you explain what this is to someone, they think that it's, you know, they're very amused by it, and there's always kind of that, whoa, wow, really? But when you tell them about the hot tub one, people lose their minds. Nobody can believe that's real, and quite frankly, I can't believe that's real. I think that that looks like a just nightmare of communicable disease I just COVID, yeah it was terrifying hot tubs are disgusting to start with mm -hmm. but it, it just takes it to another level agreed it's like I, a fear you know factor what? challenge it looks awesome it looks awesome to me I love hot <laughs> the hot tub bus would you get in that hot tub for real hell no but it's more of a vanity thing that I wouldn't want to be out in public sitting in a hot tub because I feel like I'm like you know, I'm wait, ugly. Wait, like, wait. I wouldn't want to be out, like, in a hot tub. I, like, I'll sit in a hot tub in private. I wouldn't want to be, like, in a hot tub, like, driving around this. I love hot tubs. Okay, so I will sit. I, I will tell you this. Okay. When I travel, I always stay at a courtyard by Marriott because they have hot tubs. Wow. Really? Wow. I will get in a hot tub in a hotel because, you know what? Everybody in the world is afraid to get in a hot tub, and nobody gets in them. They're totally clean. Mm -hmm. Okay. Courtyard, at least. Marriott does a good job. people get in the hot tubs? 
Okay. Yeah. All right. It's well, time for Caroline to get in her um, transportainment vehicle to go to dinner. <laughs> I'm going to hop in my hot tub and slide on over to the east side. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I love it. I, I think that. You know, never mind. Never mind. I have these great ideas for the show. I'm like, well, we now need to do a show from the party barge. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I actually said, I was like, I'm I'm really pissed that they made me so mad by breaking the rules because I actually thought it looked like a lot of fun. And now I can never, ever rent a party barge for me and my friends to go party post-COVID. So Luckily, they have thanks for ruining it. They have competitors. I did yeah, a. Uh, we can get the wagon still. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did a I did a pedal tavern uh, for my wife's thirtieth birthday. Um, maybe I shouldn't have said that. It was just a, just a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> but it was before they had the electric, you know, motors, and there's like the you had to pedal to like do. Nashville's very hilly, and it is yes. a workout. And we did. And her birthday is in August, and. It was. It seems like a lot of fun, but like it's hot and you're sweaty and yeah, it's it's a it's a whole thing, but it was a lot of fun. We were like jamming and you, we definitely did some woo wooing to people, and um, hopefully we can get back to a time if everybody starts paying attention, wearing masks, doing the right thing. We can get back to a time where we can reopen those things. Caroline Galzen, thank you for joining us today on the roundup. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was. Always a pleasure to be with you too. So thank you. Good to you without a mask on. Indeed. On the video. Indeed. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, this full episode today will be available on YouTube today. You can go right now to YouTube and you can watch the insanity that we are doing right now. Um, go out, Caroline. Eat. Yay. Have a good time. Say hi to Tony thank for you. us. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate y'all. I Come will. Back. Anytime. See you soon. Bye.